Section 14 of The Governess or The Little Female Academy by Sarah Fielding. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Sunday, the seventh day. This morning our little society rose very early and were all dressed with neatness and elegance in order to go to church. Mrs. Teacham put Miss Polly Suckling before her and the rest followed two and two with perfect regularity mrs teacham expressed great approbation that her scholars at this solemn place showed no sort of childishness notwithstanding their tender age but behaved with decency and devotion suitable to the occasion they went again in the same order and behaved again in the same manner in the afternoon and when they returned from church two young ladies lady caroline and lady fanny Deloon, who had formerly known miss jenny peace and who were at present in that neighbourhood with their uncle came to make her a visit lady caroline was fourteen years of age tall and genteel in her person of a fair complexion and a regular set of features so that upon the whole she was generally complimented with being very handsome lady fanny who was one year younger than her sister was rather little of her age of a brown complexion her features irregular and in short she had not the least real pretensions to beauty it was but lately that their father was by the death of his eldest brother became earl of Dellon, so that their titles were new and they had not been long used to your ladyship miss jenny peace received them as her old acquaintance however she paid them the deference due to their quality and at the same time took care not to behave as if she imagined they thought of anything else as it was her chief delight to communicate her pleasures to others she introduced her new-made friends to her old acquaintance and expected to have spent a very agreeable afternoon but to describe the behaviour of the two young ladies is very difficult lady caroline who was dressed in a pink robe embroidered thick with gold and adorned with very fine jewels and the latest mechlin lace addressed most of her discourse to her sister that she might have the pleasure every minute of uttering your ladyship in order to show what she herself expected and as she spoke her fingers were in perpetual motion either adjusting her tucker placing her plates of her robe or fiddling with a diamond cross that hung down on her bosom her eyes accompanying her fingers as they moved and they suddenly being snatched off that she might not be observed to think of her own dress yet it was plain that her thoughts were employed on only that and her titles miss jenny peace although she would have made it her choice always to have been in company who did not deserve ridicule yet had she humour enough to treat affectation as it deserved and she addressed herself to lady caroline with so many ladyships and such praises of her fine clothes as she hoped would have made her ashamed but lady caroline was too full of her own vanity to see her design and only exposed herself ten times the more till she really got the better of miss jenny who blushed for her since she was incapable of blushing for herself lady fanny's dress was plain and neat only nor did she mention anything about it and it was very visible her thoughts were otherwise employed neither did she seem to take any delight in the words your ladyship 
but she tossed and threw her person about into so many ridiculous postures and as there happened unfortunately to be no looking-glass in the room where they sat she turned and rolled her eyes so many different ways in endeavouring to view as much of herself as possible that it was very plain to the whole company she thought herself a beauty and admired herself for being so our little society whose hearts were so open to each other that they had not a thought they endeavoured to conceal were so filled with contempt at lady caroline and lady fanny's behaviour and yet so strictly obliged by good manners not to show that contempt that the reserve they were forced to put on laid them under so great a restraint that they knew not which way to turn themselves or how to utter one word and great was their joy when lady caroline as the eldest led the way and with a swimming curtsey her head turned half round on one shoulder and a disdainful eye took her leave repeating two or three times the word missus to put them in mind that she was a lady she was followed by her sister lady fanny who made a slow distinct curtsey to every one in the room that she might be the longer under observation and then taking miss jenny by the hand said indeed miss you are very pretty in order to put them in mind of her own beauty our little society as soon as they were released retired into their arbour where for some time they could talk of nothing but this visit miss jenny pease remarked how many shapes vanity would turn itself into and desired them to observe how ridiculously lady caroline dellen turned her whole thoughts on her dress and condition of life and how absurd it was in lady fanny who was a very plain girl to set up for a beauty and to behave in a manner which would render her contemptible even if she had that beauty her own vanity made her imagine herself possessed of miss nanny spruce said she was greatly rejoiced that she had seen her folly for she could very well remember when she had the same vanity of dress and superiority of station with lady caroline though she had not indeed a title to support it and in what manner she said she would tell them the story of her life the description of miss nanny spruce miss nanny spruce was just nine years old and was the very reverse of patty locket in all things for she had little limbs little features and such a compactness in her form that she was often called the little fairy she had the misfortune to be lame in one of her hips but by good management and a briskness and alacrity in carrying herself it was a very small blemish to her and looked more like an idle childish gait than any real defect the life of miss nanny spruce my delight said miss nanny spruce ever since i can remember has been in dress and finery for whenever i did as i was bid i was promised fine coats ribbons and laced caps and when i was stubborn and naughty then my fine things were all to be locked up and i was to wear only an old stuff coat so that i thought the only reward i could have was to be dressed fine and the only punishment was to be plainly dressed by this means i delighted so much in fine clothes that i never thought of anything but when i should have something new to adorn myself in and i have sat whole days considering what should be my next new coat for i had always my choice given me of the colour 
we lived in a country parish my papa being the only gentleman so that all the little girls in the parish used to take it as a great honour to play with me and i used to delight to show them my fine things and to see that they could not come at any but very plain coats however as they did not pretend to have anything equal with me i was kind enough to them as to those girls whose parents were so very poor that they went in rags i did not suffer them to come near me whilst i was at home i spent my time very pleasantly as no one pretended to be my equal but as soon as i came to school where other misses were as fine as myself and some finer i grew very miserable every new coat every silver ribbon that any of my schoolfellows wore made me unhappy your scarlet damask miss betty ford cost me a week's pain and as i lay awake and sighed and wept all night because i did not dare to spoil it i had several plots in my head to have dirtied it or cut it so as to have made it unfit to wear by some accident my plots were prevented and then i was so uneasy i could not tell what to do with myself and so afraid lest anybody should suspect me of such a thing that i could not sleep in peace for fear i should dream of it and in my sleep discover it to my bedfellow i would not go through the same dreads and terrors again for the world but i am very happy now in having no thoughts but what my companions may know for since that quarrel and miss jenny peace was so good as to show me what i am sure i never thought of before that is that the road to happiness is by conquering such foolish vanities and the only way to be pleased is to endeavour to please others i have never known what it was to be uneasy as soon as miss nanny had finished speaking miss betty ford said that she heartily forgave her all her former designs upon her scarlet coat but added she lady fanny dillon put me no less in mind of my former life than lady caroline did you of yours and if miss jenny pleases i will now relate it the description of miss betty ford miss betty ford was of the same age with miss nanny spruce and much of the same height and might be called the plainest girl in the school for she had nothing pleasing either in her person or face except an exceeding fair skin and tolerable good black eyes but her face was ill-shaped and broad her hair very red and all the summer she was generally very full of freckles and she had also a small hesitation in her speech but without preamble she began her life as follows the life of miss betty ford my life said miss betty ford has hitherto passed very like that of miss nanny spruce only with this difference that as all her thoughts were fixed on finery my head ran on nothing but beauty i had an elder sister who was i must own a great deal handsomer than me and yet in my own mind at the time i did not think so though i was always told it was not for me to pretend to the same things with pretty miss kitty which was the name of my sister and in all respects she was taken so much more notice of than i was that i perfectly hated her and could not help wishing that by some accident her beauty might be spoiled whenever visitors came to the house their praises of her gave me the greatest vexation and as i had made myself believe i was a very great beauty 
i thought that it was prejudice and ill nature in all around me not to view me in that light my sister kitty was very good-natured and though she was thus cried up for her beauty and indulged most on that account yet she never insulted me but did all in her power to oblige me but i could not love her and sometimes would raise lies against her which did not signify for she could always justify herself i could not give any reason for hating her but her beauty for she was very good but the better she was i thought the worse i appeared i could not bear her praises without teasing and vexing myself at last little kitty died of a fever to my great joy though as everybody cried for her i cried too for company and because i would not be thought ill-natured after kitty's death i lived tolerably easy till i came to school then the same desire of beauty returned and i hated all the misses who were handsomer than myself as much as i had before hated my sister and always took every opportunity of quarrelling with them till i found my own peace was concerned in getting the better of this disposition and that if i would have any content i must not repine at my not being so handsome as others when miss betty ford ceased miss jenny said indeed my dear it is well you had not at that time the power of the eagle in the fable for your poor sister might then like the peacock have said in a soft voice you are indeed a great beauty but it lies in your beak and your talons which make it death to me to dispute it miss betty ford rejoiced that her power did not extend to enable her to do mischief before she had seen her folly and now this little society in good humour and cheerfulness attended their kind governess's summons to supper and then after the evening's prayers they retired to their peaceful slumbers End of section 14